And and so I'd pop two 25 milligram ephedrines and a cup of coffee. And then <laughs> I'd go train legs. And I remember getting to the gym and I'm in my car and sweat's dripping off my nose onto my shirt. Oh, and I'm just still in my car. And I'm like, my hands are like this. And I just thought it was like, yeah, smash it, bro. It's going to, you know, like just thinking that I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to unleash. This is like nuclear fission that just, I just need to let go. You know, like that sort of mentality. I did that for like a long time. Like two, two <laughs> ephedrines pre-workout was like, like normal, like a couple of years of that. Your central nervous oh, yeah. system hated you at that time. Yeah, <laughs> must have hated me. And, and then I remember like, I don't know who, I don't know wh- how I got out of that, but somebody set me straight. Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding. I'm your host, Big Ron Partlow. Of course, Dusty Hanshaw and the producer, Scott McNally. How's it going, guys? Fantabulous. We didn't Fantabulous. all have the craziest weekend like you did. Yeah, so yeah. Some I of us were rested. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Okay, remember, like, share, subscribe, comment, and... Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Okay. Remember, I am mutant.com, proud sponsors of the show. Dusty's double mutant today, hat and shirt. Yeah. And then I realize I'm double West Coast. So Dusty's kind of taking care of the mutant branding today. Remember, go on I am mutant.com, use the codes Dusty20 or Big Ron20 to get 20% off. You got your ISO Surge, the best tasting isolate ever. You got all in pre workout. And of course, everyone should get on the gear. Everyone. So get on that website, get the gear. And uh, maybe even get a big shirt if they got one. They got some. We have more, and we have more gear releasing clothing yeah. gear on the twenty. There's some new stuff up there, I think. But yeah, go on imutant.com, check it out. Okay, enough of that stuff. I just got home from the Canadian Nationals, so I feel like I have to just say something. Unload, okay? if you will. There's a lot of great competitors there. It was a good show. It wasn't the biggest Nationals at all. It was like kind of a smaller nationals, but there was a lot of good competitors there. But I just wanted to say like, this is, it was more evidence that I see a lot of people really disappointed and I understand, you know, you like everyone goes there to win, but I need to say something to just adjust their reality for a second. The old system in Canada had at least three levels to it. So you had to do a regional show and then you went to the provincials and you had to do very well at provincials. You had to be top three and provincials was tough every year because all the national level people were coming back to requalify. And how many provincials would there be? Well, there would be 10. Okay. Right. So 10 chances through the season to. Well, yeah, but you can't enter other provinces. You could only enter the province you lived in. So there was one show. That's okay. That's what I was getting at. Right. You had to compete where you lived. So if you lived in Edmonton, Alberta, like I did, you would do the Northern Albertas. That was the only show you could do. There was one more in the fall, but it was after everything. It was for the next year. And it was usually kind of the easiest show. But there was the Northerns and the Southerns. And you had to do the one you lived in. You couldn't do the other one. So all these people that have done three qualifiers this year to try to nail a spot to go to the pro qualifiers, you couldn't do that before. You had one show. You did it. If you weren't top 
three or five, I think, at that level, you couldn't go to provincials. And the only province you could do was the one you lived in. So you had one show. And it was all the guys from that province that you lived in that had to requalify for nationals. So it was tough. And if you win, if you used to win the provincials like the Albertas or the BCs or the Ontarios or the Quebec provincial championships, you were good. Yeah. Like you win the overall at the Albertas, like I did. You went to nationals first time, second. Mm-hmm. Right? Out of the gate. You come, you provincial champion, you go to nationals, you are kicking ass. You are first call out, people are talking about you, that sort of thing. Now, with the new NPC system, Obviously, we know how it goes. You can do any of the qualifiers anywhere. You can do 10 a year. You can compete a million times until you nail a top three placing. And then you can go to nationals or any pro qualifier. And there's three of them. So you can spend your, there's Toronto, Vancouver, and the nationals. And then, of course, there's the Arnold Amateur, the Olympia Amateur. So you could spend your whole year just competing over and over and over and over trying to get a better placing or chase a pro card or whatever requalify for next year because if you you know if you land top five at at nationals you can come back the next year you don't have to requalify so people would just compete all year now to try to requalify for the show that they're barely placing at right do you know what i mean yeah Mm -hmm. and and half of these people are talking about pro cards and that's not how it works. And in the old days, these people would be doing their one qualifier. Sometimes there was two they could go to. They would maybe qualify for provincials, and then they would be completely weeded out at the provincial level. They wouldn't qualify mm-hmm. for nationals because they're not going to be top three. Because there would be 15 people in every single class, so there were no easy top threes. Yeah. Right. It was, it was just so much more difficult. There was no men's physique, no men's classic, none of that. So everyone was a bodybuilder. So take all those good genetics you see in physique, all those X frames, all those tiny waists and broad shoulders, all those classic guys that you see where you're like, this guy's awesome. And you know, at the regional level, half the time, the classic guy's better than the bodybuilder. Yep. Put them all in bodybuilding. Now, how are you placing? Yeah. You're not ever. Stop talking about a pro card. It is ruining the experience for half of you. You're so obsessed with a pro card and you are a long ways away from a pro card, man. I hate to tell you, I hate to be that guy, but I saw it back in the old days. You'd win provincials. Now you can talk about a pro card. Now, if you won provincials, the overall, not even weight class, if you had to win the overall, now you're maybe talking about a pro card. Mm-hmm. But these People who do, you know, three, four, five, six shows a year to qualify just so they can go to nationals. I mean, if you're doing it for fun, that's cool. I had some clients that are like, I just want to do nationals. And that's like, awesome. I'll do that all day long. Mm-hmm. But I hear people saying, yeah, take another swing for that pro card. And I'm like, you just qualified by getting third at your third qualifier of the year. Hmm. Right. And now you're talking about going to nationals and a pro card in the same sentence. Yeah, I just I have to just say something. That's not how it works. That's not how it used to work. And now it's just an illusion that you're actually like like it's an illusion that you belong at nationals. Well, I think the the, the simple thing to help people look at it is look at your top three at every class at the nationals you were just at yeah. and ask yourself, 
How many of those qualifying shows would it take them to qualify? One. One. They would qualify by winning every single time. And I feel yeah. like that's the part that gets lost. Like, <clears throat> you know, I always felt when I, when I started was the first goal was to win an overall. There was yeah. no goal after that. That was the Olympia for me. I wanted to win an overall. I won an overall. And that was in October of 2008. And obviously, Nationals is in November 2008. I go to a local show a week later because I competed in California. This is in Arizona. First off, people were wondering why I didn't compete there. I said, well, I just won my overall. I'm good. Where are you going to go to Nationals? I'm like, no. I'd get annihilated. Like, I knew. Like, I had an internet connection. Like I didn't yeah. just, I won an overall and I was like, okay, that was a peak. And and for the record, I won with a perfect score in yep. my class and in the overall. And I still knew I would get worked killed at the next level. I took yeah. two more years before going up. It was like, so, okay, now, now I'm ready. You know, exact same story, Dusty 99 Albertas it was in May. I smoked it straight first, 244 pounds, the strided glutes, straight first in the heavy, straight first in the overall. Everyone was like, you're going to kick ass at nationals. The nationals was in September and it was in Edmonton. So I didn't have to go anywhere. And everyone's Mm -hmm. like, so nationals? And I'm like, no. And they're like, why not? And I'm like, because I just put everything I had into the Albertas to win the overall. That was the goal. I got to like regroup. I'm going to go watch. I'm going to sit in the front row. I'm going to see the heavyweights up close. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like, like I'm, I'm not going there to get fifth or 10th. <laughs> or I was like, I want to win that show. That's the next goal. So I was going to go watch it, take it all in, see what it's all about. And I mm-hmm. went and I was like, holy shit, I might have made the top five. Right. <laughs> right. But what I didn't do was waste five grand mon- more money Getting ready for a show, I had no hope of winning when the goal was to win it. Hmm. Well, not just right? the money, if, too, the time. You, yeah, every the time, day you spent everything. further dieting, yeah. you yeah. weren't improving for your chance to go try yeah. to win that show. Yeah, so I had a year and a half off season and came back the next year and I got second. Yeah. So just calm your tits. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like... And, and, and this is like, I, again, like I'm probably, someone's probably going, he's talking about me. No, I'm not. I pay no attention to how many shows people do. Trust me. I have way too much shit going on. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> Make it clear. Whoever you are, it is not you. <laughs> no. but uh, <laughs> You didn't even cross my mind. This is about no one specific. I'm just talking about this thing that's just been going on for so long. And at nationals this year, I just, I saw a bunch of it. And I was like, ah, you know. Yeah. Not trying to be negative Nancy or anything. Great show. Everyone looked awesome. But I just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to save people time and I'm trying to help them be better. That's the yeah. whole point. Like, take your time. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. take your time. Don't. Why are you in a rush to go to nationals so bad? And then and then be disappointed when you go there. And um, unless you are like home run crazy, like where people are like. There's no sure things, man. Someone's always <laughs> going to show up and be harder than you or some person you didn't know about. Like some people just, they thought they were going in there to just take stuff. And it was like, no, man, that's not how it works at that level. You know? 
Yeah, it's a big, it's a bigger jump than people realize. But you know, I think the biggest thing that I take away from what you're saying is, is exactly what we did, and not about winning or progressing, but it made it fun. Like going for your first win. You know, like if you're if you're placing third, like you said, and that qualifies you, don't move up a level. I qualified win the year before. Show. Yeah, win that show. And then say, okay, you know, I won that. Now I want to move up because that win is huge. Like, I mean, I still can see every picture taken of me at my first overall in the back of my head because it was a big deal. It's and I think a lot still, of people don't realize how few people even win overalls. And and, and another thing, it still might be my favorite memory. Right. Hmm. Because it was all so like, it's like when you're young enough that you think pro wrestling still real. It's not it's like that novelty, like there was so much novelty. Yeah, yeah, you know, because I was only 23, right? So there was so much novelty to like, like, I won an overall at 23. It was all still so magical, right? you know? But yeah, like um, I would have never gone to nationals without an overall. I remember knowing that like, oh, if you're second in your class, like why? Why would you go? There's just, just think of all the second place guys from all the other provinces. Are they going to go too? Now there's like 10 second place guys there. And what are they going to do with you? Like you're not winning. Right. You know, that that was my thinking, right? Was you have to like kill the provincial level to even bother. Like, like why would you bother? And that was also too Dorian. Dorian, mm -hmm. you know, he got second at the Night of Champions in nineteen ninety and he didn't go to the Olympia. And he said he's like, Why? I didn't win my pro show. Yeah. Like Mohammed Benaziza is gonna be there. He beat <laughs> me. I, there's so, one guy that's like, gonna beat me already. <laughs> like, why would I go? You know? <laughs> So, yeah, that was kind of in my brain because that's like that's that old school thinking. Like you're competing to like if you're serious about actually doing this, then you don't want to waste your time doing a bunch of shows like mm -hmm. strategically, like laser guided bombs. Boom, boom, boom. And that was how I thought about shows at that time, you know, and I just think people aren't doing that now. So that's my Agreed. bit. That's my bit. There you go. Good I don't bit. know if that was angry enough for you guys. It's good. It's good. That was solid. You know, I was trying to like really dial the bitter down. Like, there's yeah. no bitter there, right? I didn't want to come across. Sense any bitter? No. I'm trying to help. Save You're your money, giver. guys. Split yeah. to the hip. Split to the hip. Chest high. I'm sorry. Work on your posing. <laughs> yeah. Just Both just a little spy. bit. Just trying to just helping people out. You know, and like I said, there's a bunch of exceptions, like a bunch of people like kicked ass a week before and they're mm -hmm. like, should I go to Toronto next week? And I'm like, well, what do you want to do? And they're like, I just want to go have fun. Yeah. And I'm like, let's go. You're right? in shape. So like, you know? Yeah. You're in awesome shape. You just did awesome at a show. Let's go. So that's that's one thing. But I, I, I just the, the people who just I don't know, I see them spending too much money and effort and time and i just think this can't be a good investment of what you're doing like hmm. stay train just train so i guess i'm trying to help those people dusty maybe it's part business advice too. save your money quit doing that <laughs> that giver okay what's up scott what's going on we had uh, a lot of really good feedback from last week the number one thing we heard from the podcast was that dusty is too humble because, you know, he was saying like, oh, man, I'd get smoked by all these guys. Yeah, those to, pictures are like killer. 
you know, but the reality is, yeah, Dusty, you know, we got to we got to take a minute and say you were being really humble about that. Like at the end of the day, well, those are all you, more photos I sent you. So that's all. Yeah. That back, that, 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 that you know, back took me to spread. pull those lats out. It's my first time using Photoshop. I was like, come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> that back lat spread from like a few weeks out. Yeah. That mm-hmm. When you you gave us that's like just that's a killer pose, man. Like. Like the de- the development on you at that point in in your in your in your career was like head to toe, just like gnarly. Yeah, you know, like. Well, I think that's the the fun part that I think a lot of people like you're saying uh, with the pro card thing miss is all kidding aside. Like you know the hand you're dealt, so you're just playing it the best you can and having fun. Like you're improving drastically, but I, but I never was lost on where the end was. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, like the the pro card was my Olympia. And I knew that from day one. It was like, if I can somehow pull this out, I won my yeah. Olympia. You know? Yeah. And then that's it. You know? And I feel that that's a part that really made it enjoyable. Because like we talked about before, the misses are there. But you, you now, when you're, you know, done with it, you look back and go, I don't remember that. Because you remember, like, when you, I know you, you guys both feel this way. There's times you looked at your pictures, you're like, ah, gotta be harder. Just wasn't that great. Then you like fast forward a couple of years, you look back, you're like, whew, that was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're very hard on yourself in the mix. I think if you're good, you are at least. Like, you know, you're just like, eh, it could be better. You know, I have a picture and I remember I, I showed it I showed it to Emily because I like stumbled on it and I go, I forgot about this picture. And I just showed it to her and she goes, Holy shit. She goes, I've never seen you post that. And I go, yeah, I'm not quite flexing my abs hard enough, so I just can't post it. <laughs> That's amazing. Like I just can't. I just I'm not quite crunched down on my abs, and it just bothers me. So, but like the rest of the picture is like one of my. It's like a pretty good picture, you know. Like <laughs> just put a West Coast Iron logo right yeah, that lower right over your stomach. Yeah, yeah, just right over the abs. <laughs> you know, it's like whoever took it, like fuck, you almost yeah. had it. You told me to breathe out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So we with that we got that feedback. People enjoyed mm-hmm. the uh, the the watch party we did for the ninety one nice. Olympia. So there were some yeah. people that really enjoyed that. It took a bunch of people back. Some people were like, "Man, I came up watching this stuff." Or one guy was like, "I got to see Dorian actually win the first time." And man, it, it brought back a lot of memories for some of the older guys and for some of the younger guys. I think that they got a taste of what was really happening back then. I, you know, I like those guys. Are great. I like that that a few guys were like. I've never seen that Terry Pastel guy before. He's amazing. Yeah. Tell me, you think he could compete in classic? I don't know how he would fit weight-wise, but, I mean, he was incredible. He's a, he's a guy with the small waist, right? The French yeah. guy? Yeah. 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 I'd like the to see what, how abs. he would do in classic today. Victoria brought that up when she because she watched it. She's like, I wonder how that yeah. could, you know, be doing classic. It'd be great to see him up there. I mean, who knows? Maybe, like, maybe the, maybe I don't know what his body weight was, right, at that height. Right, so, right. So uh, would he you know, fit? have to put him next to other people, but like, you know, I don't even yeah. know how big he is. Like, is he like the size of Ruffins or is he like, yeah, you don't know. Of, like, yeah, I don't yeah. know how big he is. Right. But yeah, f- shit, throw him in there. Yeah. Like, you know, crazy physique. So that, that was and- actually my first time watching that, by the way, I had yeah, never seen that funny. show. So, You've so, so Ron one, has it memorized. And I'm like, Hey, shh, shh, oh yeah. <laughs> it was great. Oh because- yeah. On the placings. Yeah. 
It, yeah. it was great because you, Ron, was like our our historian for this one. But then oh, when yeah. we put up like an MOC video, Dusty, you know, like what what Dorian and what what you know what Ronnie's gonna say next. So yeah, you saw the MOCs way like there's a few that a I saw a hundred times, but the rest of them were like a couple times watch, you know. Yeah. yeah, all of them a hundred times, which is sad since they're nine hours apiece. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I saw a bunch of people telling us to do uh, um, one of Jay's videos. Like, do do one of oh, Jay's man. videos. We Jay got that. Zero. We got blood yeah. and guts. A lot of people wanted to see some yeah. Dorian stuff. And oh, yeah. I want to tell you guys, the channel reached twenty five thousand subscribers this week. Ooh. So. Shout out oh, to everybody who's got. taken part in that because, hey. I mean, really, this is, and here's the thing. So this is a fairly new channel. So if we have 25,000, it's not like people subscribed a decade ago when we had Branch Warren. You know what I mean? Like, these are people yeah. that are still watching today. Yeah. And, and it shows in our statistics, too, each week. Like, we're getting a lot of views. It's pretty cool to see. And I'm, I'm very proud of it. And I couldn't have done everything that I'm doing with the channel, if it weren't for you guys and everybody else and everybody who's watching. So yeah. I think it's, it's and, pretty cool. And the audio done. channels too. People, people yeah. don't realize that like the Spotify and, and all that stuff, that's also another whole wing of like data yeah. that, that you're looking at and taking in and all that. Yep. So yeah, yeah. we're getting at least 50,000 uh, listens per month on audio alone. Uh, just from wow. like iTunes and stuff. So there's a couple others that aren't counted in that. But, so, uh, I know that YouTube sends out those like little award buttons. Is yeah. it when when do we when do we get our first one? Is that well, we're twenty yeah we're twenty five percent there. Yeah. Okay, so hundred thousand <laughs> is the silver button, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, chasing the silver button. You can buy one on Etsy too. I saw, I saw a gun tuber who had one, and he was like, "I'm going to shoot my award." And he was like, "Well," and then when the video starts, he was like, "Well, actually, I didn't win this. I bought it from Etsy because you know YouTube is never going to get us a hundred thousand subscribers for the type of content we do, but we're going to shoot right. it anyway." Right. That's amazing. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. I so, follow a I follow a guy called Gun Drummer. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think sent, you I sent those clips from him. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. He like fires machine guns as the snare drum. Yeah, so he's drumming right. with one hand. He's sitting at a drum, drumming, and then he uses a like an M60 machine gun, like pop, pop. So he's doing like Motley Crue, and it's like pop, 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 like pop, 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 and he's just like drumming away. It's hilarious. Gun drummer, That's amazing. Check him out. So we had a bunch of stuff. I don't know if you guys wanted to dive into listener questions or what you're thinking today, if you had any other topics you yeah. guys wanted to bring up. Or yeah, what. I didn't mean to railroad the show off to bat, Scott. Sorry about that, dude. No, it's good. It's good. You can put my whole bit at the end. Just cut okay. it out. Just cut, Just cut it out. <laughs> not even try to patch it in. You know? Yeah, uh, let's do the questions for sure. All right. Well, we had one that was going to be timely because we're coming up on the Olympia here. It's right around the corner. And uh, we have a fan here from Alberta. And he says, what tips would you give someone going to their first ever Olympia? The do and don't. Um, hoping that I get to meet you guys uh, from Think Big uh, Media. Uh, Ron, Scott, Dusty, and even Skip and Andrew would be amazing to get to meet all of you. What are your thoughts? Uh, I want to know who this is first. No, not this the is name. Doug. The dog. This is oh, Doug. Oh, I wasn't even looking. Who is Look this? Doug. This is Doug. He's love- Jedi's best friend, and he stays here when his mom is away uh, at a wedding. Or what is something. he? Mexico or something. He's a long-haired chihuahua. He's amazing. Yeah, he's pretty name's cool Doug. guy. Doug is a perfect uh, name for him, too. He sleeps right here, like literally against my head. Really? (laughs) Yeah, he's pretty funny. Doug's a star. There we go. Get him in the mix. Doug's a star. Okay, so tips for the Olympia. 
tips for the Olympia. Well, did he say this year he's going his first yep. time? This yes. will be his first year. So, uh, you know, uh, I've never been to Orlando. Yeah. So I don't have like all the good tips, you know, like where to eat and like like all that stuff. Oh, yeah. No. Where to train. Oh, oh Doug's got a squeak. Something. You know, Doug's and, got a squeaker. And uh, I don't have all the tips on Orlando. Um, so I don't know. I mean, if it was Vegas, I could just rattle off a whole bunch of things that I avoid because they annoy me and all that stuff and whatnot to waste your time with. But this Orlando trip, I'm hoping I don't get stuck doing certain things I don't want to do. I would say the first, the easiest thing to avoid is taking a bunch of samples of pre-workouts and things like that, that people seem to love to do for some reason, as in the ones that are like made to sip on. Oh, yeah. You do not want to sip 15 of those in an hour. No. I, I literally see people come up and they're like talking like this and they're shaking and I'm like... So one of two things, one's illegal and one you got here. What'd you take? Yeah. So it's usually the, it's usually the ones that uh, they got there for free. So that'd be the first thing. Um, you know, wear your shoes in the bathroom. Oh wait, that was too bad. My bad. Um, <laughs> Rod just got a flashback. Sorry. Sorry. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> you blindsided him with that one. He just saw it. He, I saw him see it. He goes, oh. Yeah, he relived it. He relived that moment. <laughs> oh, very true. Oh, your oh, mic's you're off, Ron. Muted. Muted. Anyone who walks into a public bathroom, public bathroom with no shoes or socks on, is living in a world I am not, I do not understand, and I'm not attached to in any way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy's like, why are you telling me something so obvious? I got some previous stuff. episodes. Go ahead, so, Scott. You're gonna need to give more. You're gonna get the uh, you're gonna get the meet the Olympians before everything, right? That's gonna happen usually. Like, f- is it Thursday night or Friday? Yeah, Friday Thursday. night, Thursday. So Thursday. okay, yeah. If you're gonna go to meet the Olympians with the intentions of actually meeting anyone specific, yeah, then like if you must meet. Someone like Bumstead, yeah, literally go ninety minutes early. Like, make it your mission. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it is. It is your mission. Don't make it like a yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see Bumstead. No, 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 no. If there's someone specific that you want to see, yeah, that is literally the goal. Like, forget everything else. Prioritize that. Yep. Make it. Like, get there super friggin' early, man. Or you can stand in line all night. Like. The entire night spent standing in line, if you want, and you probably would for Chris Bumstead too. You know, well, if they want it bad enough, but they could be, could have been avoided, right? Go, yeah, like, yes. get in the front of that line, like camp out for an hour. Yeah, That's yeah. The there's thing that. I say. And I'll say this: that um, I would say in general, all the bodybuilders want to talk to people. Like this is this is like our reunion you know what i mean like this is for bodybuilders this is like a reunion where you know ron and dusty will get to see people they haven't seen in a while but they see them at all these shows and you know and 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 everybody is there to meet you literally at the expos so if you see somebody that you want to talk to at the expo 
don't hesitate because I know so many people that are like, yeah, you know, I, I saw him, but I was scared to talk to him. And I just he looked busy, you know, like, no, no, for real. It, they will be happy that you stopped them. And obviously, if they're in the middle of a conversation, don't interrupt, be patient, all that, be polite. But like, don't be afraid to approach people. And if you do, you'll have a hell of a time. Just be re relaxed, laid back and cool. Just hang out and talk to everybody like you would anybody else. And you'll have a blast because everybody will talk to you if you're if you're uptight and nervous and stuff. You don't you don't have to be that way, but it could be a totally negative experience. You don't talk to anybody. You know what I mean? Very valid. Yeah, I hate when that happens after the fact. Someone will be like, oh, I saw you at the gym yeah. at the Arnold. I didn't want to bother you in your training. I'm like, at the Arnold training, it's not training. Yeah. Please come bother. Like, <laughs> just kind of moving a little weight. But but yeah, those weekends, they really are for the fans. So, you know, and, and every bodybuilder there is very grateful that you would want to meet them. Absolutely. So neat pictures, whatever, you know, I, I think that's one of the most humbling parts or, you know, and if you have a story, feel free to share it because oftentimes we do hear them, especially with the podcast. Now, since being on the podcast, I get so many more stories where they'll bring up something that one of us said and kind of give their view and it's awesome. Yeah. Good advice, Scott. I'm glad yeah, you're it, here. It, I'm it, terrible it blew my things. mind last year to see how many people showed up to meet me and talk and stuff like that. Because I'd seen it before, but they have like one centralized place at the mutant booth. They knew that uh, Where the to three find of us you. were going to. Yeah. So that was, that was exciting. That was cool. And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I think that the, the pre-workout one, Dusty, that's some good advice. Um you're probably not going to find a lot of like really good deals. Oh, here's one for you. If there's a t-shirt you want, get it now. Get it like at the at the expo, buy it Friday because it's not going to be there on Sunday. So like get it early when they're still there. Don't hesitate. Just pick it up. For sure. He's muted again. I was muted. I had some squeaky toy action here. Yeah, um, it happens. Another piece of advice is like, uh, like Scott said, if you want something specific, get it the second you see it early. Yeah, um, yeah. But if there's other less specific stuff, like you want a bunch of creatine or you want a bunch of isolate. Right. Um, then you can wait till Sunday at, you know, three o'clock and a lot of places start doing two for one because they don't want to box it up and take it home. Yeah. yeah. And they start cutting big deals. Like you can walk up to booths at four o'clock on Saturday, I guess, four o'clock on Saturday and, and um and and you know you or, yeah what's the last day of the expo saturday saturday yeah you walk up like four o'clock saturday and say you know those are 50 i'll give you you know 40 a piece or something like you can cut deals with guys because they don't want to box up their shit yeah so yeah. it depends on the booth but you know there are some deals some good deals two for ones even to be had if you want to like try to do that whole wrangler saturday afternoon thing <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember getting this. I can't remember what the brand of protein was, but it was it was an isolate. And it's back when protein, what good a protein was like twenty five dollars for a five pound tub or thirty dollars. If you guys remember right. those days. Oh, yeah. yeah. When gas was quarter, yeah. quarter a liter. <laughs> and yeah. they had this uh, they had this giant 10 pound tub with a handle on it. And uh, at the expo at the Arnold and I was like, oh, crap. And it was the end of the day. I bought two of them and I had to walk like when I left. I'm like, I got these two <laughs> 10 pound things. And I literally. Yeah, my grip and my traps were fried by just getting those back to the car. But it was so worth it. 20 pounds. That's funny. Yeah. I remember the year like I remember one year at the expo 
I noticed that all of a sudden FedEx had a giant booth. Oh. Oh, wow. And it was over in the corner. They had like a setup and it was like you buy all you buy like all your shit and you just go over to the FedEx booth and just ship it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, it was cool. That was like I think we talked about how expos have changed. Like there's not as much retail of big items now because it's, you yeah. know, they give, give you a discount code and, yeah. you know, you have you order yeah. it. But, you know, it used to be like BSN would drop a, a $200,000 store on the floor. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And you'd walk into the BSN booth and it would be five pounders away to like the roof on both yeah. sides. Yeah. Like it was the amount of stock that was sold at the Olympia used to be a ton. And so there was a phase there where the like FedEx would ship your stuff for you right from the expo, you know? I'm not yeah. sure if they do that still. Like I'm I just know there's a whole lot less retail of big items like that. Supplement companies yeah. aren't doing nearly as much of that. Yeah. Hmm. Um all right, how about this one? Kind of maybe tie into Dusty's uh Dusty's advice on the pre workouts. Can you guys um tell us a story <laughs> about getting too whacked out on pre workout or a good story about going hypo, like crawling into the gas station on your hands and knees while you're hardly conscious looking for some gummy bears. <laughs> we need to hear more I, stories about you guys being wildly I, irresponsible. <laughs> so so back in the day, in the early 90s, when I was young, um, ephedrine came out. Like ephedrine yeah. all of a sudden became a thing. There was dimetadrine 25. Those are so good. And it was 25 milligram ephedrines. And... All of a sudden, they were just sold at the gyms. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, you take one before you work out. And everyone just started using ephedrine. Like, everyone. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, take an ephedrine before you work out. And so I'm like, okay, well, we take two on leg day. (laughs) So I'm taking 50 megs of ephedrine. Like, that's how easy it was to take 50 milligrams. Just take two of those. And, of course, you didn't think it was that much because it's only two. And they're tiny. Right. right? (laughs) And they're tiny. You know, there was a uh, generic brands called mini thins. You yeah. Know? I remember those. Yep. Yeah. And, and so I'd pop two 25 milligram ephedrines and a cup of coffee. And then <laughs> I'd go to train legs. And I remember getting to the gym and I'm in my car and sweats dripping off my nose onto my shirt. Oh, and I'm still in my car. And I'm like, my hands are like this. And I just thought it was like, yeah, smash it, bro. It's going to, you know, like just thinking that I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to unleash. This is like nuclear fission that just, I just need to let go. You know, like that sort of mentality. I did that for like a long time. Like two, two <laughs> ephedrines pre-workout was like, like normal, like a couple of years of that. Your central nervous oh, yeah. system hated you at that time. Yeah, <laughs> must have hated me. And, and then I remember like, I don't know who, I don't know wh- how I got out of that, but somebody set me straight. There was like someone, you know. I think people started having the odd heart attack here and there. Yeah. yeah. And we started going, oh, geez. Dial back on the ephedrine. You know? So we only took one and a half. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I really it's cleaned it dripping. up. Yeah. Yeah. I would say um, I don't have any direct stories with those because it the same ephedrine and those things were so common. So like when I started working in the stores – the first thing I would do every morning would be uh, an extreme rep force, which was 25 milligrams of ephedrine with 200 milligrams of caffeine in a liquid fo- state that was delicious, cran apple, um, and a protein bar every single morning 
that was like, and the, the, the only reason that stopped, and this is the wildly irresponsible part, was I was making eight twenty five an hour. So like it cost me my first, first hour, hour work was free. To, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to to have my morning routine. And it took a few months of going, oh, I'm really stupid. Okay, we're going to need to ease that one down a bit. Um, but man, I, I do miss ephedrine. And I hate the reason it's actually gone. I probably won't need to mention it on YouTube because we're going to get us messed up. But uh, it shouldn't be gone is the answer. That's well, technically, that, yeah. it's still available. You just can't get it from the supplement store anymore. Yeah. Well, because, you know, what really comes down to is you do not want to bass up big farms money. And yeah. when they have literal studies showing that ephedrine that you can buy at the grocery store annihilates the drugs that they're trying to peddle on you, mm. that's frowned upon. So we, we come out and ever. they want to they wanna help your health, you know? Yeah. So they pull the ephedrine and leave the cigarettes. Um, yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. about because it's not about money. But anyways, uh, <laughs> it's the best yeah, the, cold medication ever. Oh, when man. you take cold meds, the the main thing that helps you is the pseudoephedrine, right? Right, because it helps dry up your sinuses and decongest you and stuff like that. And it also makes you feel a little better because you're a little bit more awake. The 500 megs of Tylenol that they throw in there, I mean. Who really like? Are you how achy are you? If you have a bad headache, I guess. But like yeah. other than that, you don't need it. And uh, so you know, I always thought I just want to dodge those other drugs that are in the cold meds. That all I want is the ephedrine. So I just take ephedrine when I have a cold, and it's the best. My eyes right. stop running, my nose clears up. I can actually like leave the house without looking terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to do Sudafed before hockey games when I was really young. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can see that. Those little red pills, boom, pop three or four of those, good to go. I got no a couple. idea the dosage. <laughs> I got a couple. You guys experienced the one. You remember? You remember I used a, like a random sample pre workout that I had uh, while we were recording the show, like or oh, before yes. I trained, yes. and we did an interview, and I can't remember who we had on, but I was just like sitting there, just trying to hold my shit together. And it, it was like 20 milligrams of Yohimbine in it or something like that. And that's what mm -hmm. it was. But I felt like awful, like really bad to the point where I was one step away from being like, hey, guys, I can't do this show with you. I'm just going to sit in the background and turn my 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 camera off, you know, and run it. Were, were you feeling nauseous and sweating? Was that Both. the one? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. felt like super nauseous and sweaty and just gross, you know, in every way you could possibly think and, and stimmed out, you know. So, yeah. so everybody who watches the show witnessed that one. Um, and then <laughs> I remember in 2017, I was getting ready. I was doing a bunch of shows back to back to back and just like having a hell of a season. Started dieting in February and my last show, my first show was in July and my last show was in November. And I just kept <sighs> getting leaner and like, just like, I was like at cruise control at some, at a certain point and I was filling back out cause I was lean enough. So I was having fun with it. That last show, actually dusty, that was a one it was in Western Michigan. And I went out to, and stayed with Tommy. Tommy got a hotel room cause he was okay. doing the show. I stayed the night with him and we both, we both did that show the next day. Anyway, this supplement company owner, I don't want to say the company because I don't want to like give them crap and stuff. He was like, hey, man, you know, I, you know, I watched the pot or listen to the podcast and I wanted to send you some stuff like a care package for your last month. 
uh, for mm-hmm. the prep. And I was like, okay, cool. And he sent me like five different things and a t-shirt and stuff. And of course I'm promoting his stuff then, right? Cause I'm talking about these things on my shows and stuff and I wearing the shirt and all that. But one of them was his fat burner and I don't remember what was in it, but he, you know, he was like, yeah, this is really, really strong. And it was like one pill and it was like an orange capsule. And I take this capsule and I, I can't remember if I did my cardio or not, but I remember sitting on the couch a little while after taking it. And I swear to God, it was like, I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. Like I started sweating so profusely. And this was like a legit company too. This isn't like just some like back room place. <laughs> and, and, and I started sweating so profusely to the point where like, I, I had to change my clothes, like sweating, like you soaked your clothes in the bathtub sweating. Like oh, I probably lost nice. like three pounds. It wasn't good because I also felt like my heart was like pounding and this lasted for like 20, 30 minutes. And I was just like getting worse and worse and sitting there and holding on, just like holding my fists and thinking like, man, should I go like call 911 or something, you know? But, and then And then of course, you know, after about 30 minutes, it started passing. And I was like, oh, man. And I told him. And he just laughed. He's like, yeah, it's strong stuff, isn't it? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Like, you, like I, I literally thought I, this was, like, very bad. Like, very. One of the scariest things I have ever done in bodybuilding taking things. So, right. uh, needless to say, I did not take that again. Uh, but that was just the worst. Like, the worst. And I, I stopped using any type of over-the-counter fat burner, all those products, like I never take any of that stuff, and man, really, I don't. I never really thought any of those things were super great to begin with. Yeah, you, yeah. You reminded Especially me of like gems, Scott. Um, yeah. But I, but I, I found my irresponsibility thanks to you. <laughs> and I, I don't know if it was irresponsible or just stupid, but here we go. So, when I was getting ready for nationals one year, uh, I owned my stores, so I was working like eleven-hour days waking up early, training, doing cardio, then in the evenings, coming home, resting for two seconds, going to train, uh, just do cardio again or whatever. And uh, one night I came home, and at the time I was doing those research chems yes. for Arimidex and all that. Um, and I realized I'd forgotten to take my Arimidex. So you just take one dropper full, boom, and you've got it in for your for your day. So oh, no. I took that. I think and, I know you uh, did. It ended up being a full dropper of Clen. I knew it. And so I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm like getting hot. Heart rate's coming up. Yeah. And I'm like, man, what's going on? And then it just hit me. I keep those right next to each other. Yeah. So I walked back in and I looked. I'm like, yeah, I just took 200 micrograms of Clen. Oh. (laughs) So I guess the good news is it's underdosed because my yeah. heart didn't explode. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> and but it was one of those things too, like you said, Scott. These are liquid. There was no yeah. reason to call anyone. I was like, well, we'll see what happens. And I just yeah. sat on my couch, turned the fan on, watched a little diners, drive-ins, and dives, and let's see how this rolls out. And it just yeah. I sweat through and was fine. And I, I learned to put those in separate areas after that very careful each time you take them right yeah read them you know yeah (laughs) i i remember being in the back of a car it would have been like i was young in the back of a car and we had a bag full of gear because we were coming back from we just went to the vet we used to buy stuff off this crooked vet oh my god Uh, this vet that would sell us cases of clenbuterol and little cases of, of test probe 
and the odd time he'd slide us a bottle of Windstroller too, the old 30 mil Upjohns. Oh God. And, um, so we had to drive out of town to this little farm town to go see this vet. And, um, so we got this case stuff and my buddy's in the back seat and he goes, uh, Oh, that Clem, that's that, that's that Clem Buterol make you ripped, right? And I was like, yeah. And he grabbed a pump and he went, <laughs> and he oh. like, he like just put like a like multiple pumps, like pop, 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 and swallowed it. And he goes, ah, it tastes weird. And we were just like, oh, dude, <laughs> that's a hundred milli- hundred micrograms per pump. Holy like, crap! <laughs> like you just took like like four hundred, <laughs> five hundred micrograms of Clem. Oh, whoa! You better, yeah, wow. And uh, yeah, he he was fine, but he's okay. still alive. I see him yeah. on Facebook. Fine, but um, <laughs> he lives in a hospital now. Um, <laughs> but he was but he's fine. He was, and this guy wasn't on Clen. So oh, just yeah. like like factor in like that he's not because you know when you're on Clen for like a month, if you accidentally took too much, you're not gonna, you're probably okay. But yeah. like he was just tremors like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah we were a little worried about him, but you know. He lived. That's like a yeah. full on, like just drop the transmission. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's that's what that is right there. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. All right. See what else we can talk about that doesn't get us demonetized. Um, yeah, derailed that already. <laughs> <laughs> Question for the next show: Are intensity techniques or beyond failure sets necessary to get as freaky and big as possible? Or are just straight sets to muscular failure enough, assuming progressive overload is applied? Um, it depends on your total volume. That's my answer. Because like guys that do lower numbers of sets can tolerate more of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like there's a ratio. I'm not sure exactly what the sh- what the ratio is, but there's a ratio, you know? Um, guys that do more volume, but just straight sets, they can, they can still recover. But if you do more volume and they're all rest pause sets, you know, like there's a direct an inverse correlation. Right. The only thing I was going to touch on was the word necessary. Right. Good. Cause point. those are the, those are the things that always throw me off. Um, what you need to look at is you're willing to do whatever you need to do as far as your training to get the best result. But as Ron has put a hundred times over on the show, you got to find that perfect amount. You don't want to go over. You don't want to go under. And anytime I hear the word necessary, my, my fear is that people think that if I do straight sets that I won't overtrain. And hmm. like you just said, the volume can put you to that same place of overtraining. I think you really need to pay attention, especially as you get more experienced. And I, I'm sure you guys have had this. There are days you go to the gym and you got a, a bit of a plan in your head of what you're going to do. And then you start going and you're like, I mean, sometimes I'll get going and I'll go to the last movement. I'll do one set and I'll look at the partner and go, I'm done. What do you mean? I'm done. I don't need any more. Like I can tell when I've hit that point where the next set, the next two sets, next two exercises are a complete waste of time. You want to find where that point is because when you're young, you walk in with a plan and you execute it and it pushes you backwards, you know? So as much as I think sometimes people would think our answer would be, oh, you have to do these things. Like just figure out what is necessary to get your goal. 
and, and yeah, you know, I think you always start. I think uh, you always start with straight sets, like yeah, because that's that's like the least amount of variables, right? So it's straight sets to failure. That's where you start. And if you're getting stronger and you're making gains, you don't need to throw in a rest pause set or something like that. Um, that stuff can be factored in based on recovery and whether or not you need a little kick in the, you know, little jolt or things have been stagnant or you need to do something different or mix it up. But I think you always start with straight sets. I think that's how you build your workout. Mostly for sure for most people. Okay. Dusty, you mentioned question. I'll make me think. I think uh, it was you dusty that mentioned, get an LLC uh, to that, that young guy. What's the purpose and benefits of having an LLC as a young guy? Go ahead, Ron. Well, I, 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 I sort of see it as like, um, like a build it and they will come type of a thing. Like start, <laughs> like start a company because now you have a company. Now you got to start thinking differently. What can I write off? What can I consider a business expense? Um, uh, also motivating you to like, wait a minute, I can do anything with this LLC. I could do 10 little things that generate me a, a little bit of income and run it all through this LLC. Mm-hmm. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Maybe I start flipping like, and I'm just saying like, this is, this is to get your brain going. Maybe I start, maybe you're in love with guitars. Like, do you know how many guitars I see online where I'm like, that's a really good deal. I could buy that. And then just put it back up for sale for 500 bucks more. And it could sit on, sit online for four months. I don't care, but it'll eventually sell. And I make 400 bucks. Yeah. Like I could do a whole bunch of that, but I just don't have time. But maybe there's something you're into. Now you're flipping stuff on Facebook. You can run it all through. And like, I'm just thinking like, I wish someone would have got me to start a company earlier because I think of all the stuff I could have written off, all those clients I dieted for cash and doing this and that. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, it was my little side gig while I was working. I'm like, wait a minute. I should have made it a company 10 years earlier. Yeah. Like that was one of the mistakes I made was I didn't really make my coaching like official until I had been doing it a long, quite several years. And I think, ah, geez, I, I, you know, I didn't have anyone to pull me aside and tell me to do that. So that's what I mean about starting LSC. It also motivates you because once you have a, a company and you start to understand like what you can do with it, like, why do, you think, why do you think rich people own so many shell companies and stuff? Like, that's how the world works. Like, these rich shell people are dangerous. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, they have these numbered companies that they just yeah. can move money around and they can dodge taxes and it's all legal. It's all well, perfectly the- legal. So just get in on that early. Get a company under your name. Get like, You know what I mean? I think it's, it's good. You can do stuff with it. And then if an opportunity comes up that is kind of fast, you're... Hey, I'm already ready. I got a company. Boom. Charge that to my company card. Done. You know, like you can do stuff like that. Well, let me uh, throw in something even more simple for the bodybuilders on this page. If you have a company, you can now shop at some of the bulk food stores that require that you have a company to shop go. there. So there there are a lot of, uh, I'm trying to think what the name of it was. It was in Arizona. Um but there's literally stores for like markets and rest, restaurant depot is what that one, yeah. the one that we have here. Yeah. All you need is an LLC. It doesn't matter what it's for. You can now go in and get your chicken cheaper than you can at the grocery store. That's a huge hit. And then on the same likes as Ron, I did not have a company while I was making money through my banking accounts. And I had to pay a bunch of taxes that I wouldn't have had to pay 
just because of that. Like cost me thousands of dollars because if you're not playing the game properly, you legally do owe more money than you would have had you had the business in place. So literally my, I went to a new accountant. I showed him everything I had. He goes, well, all right, what's your LLC? I'm like, huh? And he's like, well, that cost you. And he added up. He's like, that cost you $2,100 this year. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, how do I set one up? He goes, you don't, I do. What do you want to call it? Yep. And then it took a day. And it was, he's like, all right, you're all set. You'll be getting some things in the mail. All right, we're all done. You know, you'll get, I'll get, here's your EIN number and you're on your way. So it, it was, Ron said that last week and it was great advice because it, it cost me thousands, not even on like write-offs. I'm talking about like a literal money out of my pocket yeah. because I didn't know that. Yeah. I paid a lot in taxes <clears throat> myself not having one. So it's something I'm just getting into myself. So. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I also, sooner. I still get write-offs, have, but I still have to pay more taxes. So yeah. yeah. I also am like, I remember I went to college for business for two years. I took marketing. And I remember the reason I didn't go back and finish after this second year was because I was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever done in my life. I've been taking business for two years. No one's ever shown me how to start a business. <laughs> I still didn't have an LLC. I was yeah. like, this is ridiculous. I've been in college for business for two years and I don't have an LLC yet. Like that's what that was when I realized. I'm like, this is dumb. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I've heard people say that people who've gone to business school. They don't teach you like, a thing. Yeah. Like maybe in your master's program or something, but Jesus, our level was a joke. <laughs> Should have been day one. Yeah, First day one. Gonna every, everyone in this, like literally, if I was a teacher, I'd be like, day one, we're all starting businesses. Every single one is going to have a company. Yeah. Let's go. You know? They should have had us all generating income by the end of year one. That's how dumb that, that colleges are. Ron School of Business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Start that. Start that. and be with my kids. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. Yeah, training question here. What's up with the dudes who do curls and other standing arm and shoulder exercises with a wider stance, knees slightly bent, near to a quarter squat? It looks like they're trying to poop standing up without getting it on their legs. Does this come from uh, group martial arts classes or maybe some other activity that involves a group of males standing in a circle, perhaps with a cookie in the center? Or a cracker. Um, <laughs> that's just a serious question I could yeah. see. <laughs> this is worse than uh, the two girls, one cup reference I made last week. I, I made someone Google that the other day, by the way. Oh, I we probably made a few people angry. Yeah. I, I'd cut someone at the gym is like, yeah, I'm mad at you for that. Yeah. yeah but we said don't. And they did anyways. Cause they had, yeah, the I'm not that yeah. mad. Not that mad. Yes, I don't actually pay uh, attention to anything people are doing in the gym unless they're going to hurt themselves. To be honest, yeah, I have that's, no idea. That's this literally was a trend. my rule. Yeah, like I don't, I don't even see things unless someone's going to get hurt. That's literally the only time I'm like, oh man, I got to walk over here real quick. So yeah, I really so, don't. I don't notice what people do in the gym often. It, hmm. it takes something. So the other day, there's this one bikini competitor that trains at our gym. And the other day I saw her doing landmine T-bars, like old school T-bars. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like going hard, like, like pulling, like, ah, ah. I noticed that. Yeah. I was I like, I get awesome. your attention every time <clears throat> you walk over. Doing hardcore T-bars. <laughs> I wanted to go give her a high five. I didn't want to bug her. 
But other than that, I don't notice stuff that people do most of the time. You know what I yeah. mean? I just don't. Totally. All right. What else oh, Scott. Yeah, a Unless they're going to break our here. equipment. What about this one? How do I get a hold of Ron for training if I don't have Instagram? Email him. We never we never said anything about his email. So I just answered the question. Him. I didn't okay. say how to email. I just oh, email. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could email me. Are we going to give my What's email, your email? Out on the show? You should. I mean, unless you don't want to. Is there a reason you don't want to give your email out? Yeah, I well, know. I don't know. A lot of creepy people. <laughs> a lot of creepy people. They can follow you on Instagram. Those creepy people. You know? I'm I'm one of those people that just gets weirded out by stuff, even though it's like mean. It's meaningless, and it's, it does. I'm like, oh, this feels private. You know, I'm one of those people. <laughs> Meanwhile, mine's plastered right on site on my Instagram page, and Is I'll that- say it on all my things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can email me at bigronpartlow at gmail dot com. All right. Um, we had a question from Patreon about blending whole food and drinking it. Um, drinking it significantly, let's see, does blending whole food and drinking it significantly speed up the digestion of that food? For example, if you put cottage cheese in protein shake, uh, does a blended cottage cheese take less time to digest than if I ate it regularly? K- kinda. There is well, something to be said yes about and no. pre-digestion if you have something that's finely ground, but it's not going to like... You know, turn it into uh, yeah. So fast carb, I, I like oh something like oatmeal will yes. technically digest quicker if you blend it into a flour. Yeah, because there's more surface area for the enzyme to hit. But right. cottage cheese is like almost a liquid, anyways. So I would think the difference between eating cottage cheese and blending cottage cheese is significantly less. Yeah. Than a hard, firm, dry cream of rice or something. Yeah, yeah, cream of rice being yeah, something like that. So I would say the answer is like yes and no, depending on what the actual food item is. And I would think cottage cheese would be like on the lower end of making any form of difference. I guess you're kind of watering it down a bit and making it more runny, so maybe it it digests so quicker. But that's like. That that would go on the list of minutia that would never cross my mind, and I would never consider even mentioning that to a client and plugging yeah. their brain up with that stuff. Yeah, you I'm know. just impressed you eat cottage cheese. That's gross. Um, yeah, that's another <clears> thing. <laughs> <laughs> Follow up: Have you guys ever ever um, blended up meat in a blender and drink it? No. The only time I ever tried anything was back in like the day I can't remember who said they did it, but it was uh, it was uh, a can of tuna into a diet coke. Yeah, I heard of that one before. Yeah. That was the old like '90s thing. I can't remember who was drinking that, but That's I remember so we did like a thing where we tried it. How and bad I was plugged it? My, I plugged my nose and drank one. Yeah, and I was burping diet coke tuna burps it was the oh, yeah. oh, oh no it was not pleasant man <laughs> not pleasant. who came up with that i don't know i don't know why there's a fear of protein shakes if you're not going to eat your food just have a shake that's what they're made for yeah why can't you just use whey isolate it's like literally better quality protein than than the meat you cook yeah that's the part i don't that i really don't get that angle and i know a lot of people are really caught up on it but i'm like yeah just have a way isolate and go gram for gram on the protein you're good to go yeah you guys remember Derek poundstone 
Oh, yes. Yeah. He did not? the. He called it the Poundstone Shake, and he would do chicken shakes. He put chicken breast in there with water, and blend it. I tried it one time. It literally tasted like chicken broth. It was like, you know, this is okay. This is chicken broth. It was like chicken did you warm it up or something. No, it was cold still. Should have. Yeah, I should have. Then it would have been. Then it would have been, you could add some crackers with it. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, a friend of mine, Chris Fail, does that all the time too. Yeah, I just can't get it out of my mind. I know what's happening. I don't want to eat blended up chicken. Yeah, I just can't. I can't. Yeah, I don't know. No interest. Do I add the barbecue sauce still? I don't know. Anyways. (laughs) You know what? I tried those really good. This is just last week or the week before. I got a bunch of sweet potatoes and I used an immersion blender to, I peeled them after I cooked them, like just threw them in the microwave, heated them up, cooked them, peeled them, threw them in a a bowl and then immersion blendered them. So they were like baby food, sweet potatoes. It was just like sweet, you know. It's just very right. finely, you know, smooth. Yeah, yeah. It's like potatoes. applesauce texture. Yes, yes. And I love it, man. It's so like that's my new jam. I could take that, scoop out what I need, and then throw my chicken or beef or whatever on there or fish. And then I just right. kind of take a bite of both and it's kind of like a sauce almost. Right, right, you know? right, right, right. And it's sweet. It's real sweet. So that makes good. sense. Okay. Yeah. That's my okay. new thing. Um, we might have been almost out of questions here. I don't know if you guys had anything. I think there was like something about DACA or something like that. But besides that, oh, why did guys... it lose popularity? I did see that. Yeah, is that what it was? I thought it was yeah, uh, something about that. I, I saw it somewhere. Or maybe that was somewhere else. I don't know. It was this one was. Uh, could you guys? Uh, let's see. Question for the show: um, First time trying DACA. What are your guys' experience with it, good or bad? That was uh, I'm scraping here, guys. At this point, we're you're really down to questions. Which, by the way, guys, if you have questions you want to, you know, put on the next show, then definitely comment below. Plus, comments and all that stuff help to boost the shows up. I I could never take Deca. Yeah. Second, I took a shot of Deca. Like the whole next two weeks, I had side effects. Yeah. So like, I just I tried it a couple times, and after like second time, I'm like, okay. Screw this, and I never use Deca again. Yeah, I, you know? I use it with clients regularly because I actually think it's a phenomenal option. But I didn't much, uh, and it was not for the same reason as Ron. It was because I, I never really got into what different supplements do, and I just I had used it, and it was cool, and I was like, oh, this is good. And then I tried EQ, and I was like, oh, this is cooler, and that yeah. became my Deca. And I'm very aware now that they're nowhere near the same thing. But I was like, if I'm not taking, if I'm not doing many bulking time periods where I'm using this, then I want the best bang for the buck. And for me, that was it. Hmm. I take that with tests and I was strong as hell. And that's all I was looking for. Yeah. I find it shuts people down. It shuts people down harder, you know? Yeah. And for people that come off between cycles and recover, I, I don't suggest it to them. That was my like fourth time I did anything, I used it. And I, mm-hmm. I had a hard time recovering because those metabolites are in your system for months, you know? Yeah. So I remember how's people that compared failing to Olympic drug tests like a year later. Scott, yeah. how's that compared yeah, to MPP? Months. The, the metabolites? Yeah. I'm not sure. Honestly, I, I would guess it would be faster, you know, right. that, that the phenylpropanate ester is faster. But I just pretty much stay away from it with guys that come off between I just feel because right. like there are other options. It's funny yeah. because Dave Crossland, Deca was like his jam. Absolutely loved it. And when I talk about EQ, 
I feel like I'm in the minority on that show, but I'm, I'm glad to hear Dusty agrees with me. Right, right. Okay, that was my jam. Yeah, yeah couldn't do it. Did you guys got anything? Uh, anything you had thought of? I know, Ron, you started the show out with your. Uh, we won't even call it a rant. We'll call it uh, no, it Ron's wasn't advice. A rant. I just, I just Ron's wanted to like, segment. I just wanted to remind people of like, you know how how like how hard it used to be to do well there so i just don't i don't want people to be super duper disappointed right yeah mm -hmm. you know what i mean like work all year and like do a bunch of shows and qualify and then go there and they're like oh shit you know and right. i just just I don't, I don't like seeing people disappointed and and uh, i want to see people do well every time they go out like that's where that type of advice comes from so if you know someone's feelings are hurt or whatever i'm I don't mean to be like that, but I just, I, I want you to do well every time. Like I want everyone to look their best and make gains and be better than the last show and all that stuff. Cause that's what bodybuilding is all about. So I just think some people get lost and they get kind of overly focused on something that is not serving them at all. Mm. You know, I think that's a, a sign of good coaching too. Like you said, Ron, if somebody said, Hey, I just did a show and I did well, I want to go have fun at nationals. You're like, absolutely. Let's go. We'll have a great time. They know they're not going there to win. Um, but then on the flip, I, I think it's sad to me when I see someone at a show they don't belong in with someone who knew better bringing them there. You right. Know? Didn't like at least let them know. Yeah. You just, yeah. well, I mean, in a case where you could just tell, like I got a guy that was, that came, he wanted to do uh, the uh, Olympia, amateur Olympia, and he came too late. And I was like, listen, I mean, because I've been working with him the whole time, but we were off season. Just all of a sudden, he goes, I want to do the amateur Olympia. It was 10 weeks away. And I'm like, mm. ooh, I'm not ready. You're not ready. And I said, all right, well, we're going to go because, you know, I know you have it in you to do this. So we'll go for it. And about five weeks out, I said, you know, if you want to do this show to get on stage and finish this process, you can. Um, I recommend because he's good that we skip it and we do a show eight weeks from that point will come in sliced out of your head. And then you can look at, you know, competing next year or whatever um, and, and be ready to roll. So that's what we ended up doing. Good. And I think your better athletes will appreciate that because it's like, listen, I can kill you for the next five weeks and you won't embarrass yourself, but you won't be your best. And your better athletes don't want to hear that. They don't want to get on stage not their best, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. A good coach, in my opinion, will tell you you're you're out of your water, or or you don't have time to make it, you know. Right, right. Yeah, understood. There's a another thing too is I, um, I know a lot of first time competitors and new competitors will go to the judges to ask for feedback, and um and and sometimes like. I appreciate the judges giving feedback like, um, you need more chest and, um, you know, you need a bigger back, right? Like mm -hmm. that's okay. I get it. Like you're a judge, you're giving him a actual advice, yeah. but just like that, the kid that we reviewed last week, he, sometimes that advice gets in their head and they think they have to do something different from what they've been doing. Mm. But like that kid last week, all he has to do is just keep training. Everything's going to come. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? So they let they let this sort of advice uh, think that they, you know, like a really advanced physique might have to target this or that or this. But someone doing their first show, like everything's growing. Just don't 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 do that. Just keep to grow everything. Like, 
Yeah. Don't think that your physique is ready except for your delts. No, no, no. The rest of it's got to come up too. Everything's got to grow. <laughs> right? So, so yeah, just don't take that judging critique too seriously because your physique is evolving as we speak. So mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean you have to change your chest training because yeah. the judge has told you your chest needs to come up. It might just be train chest for another year and it'll come right. up. Right. So that's, that's another thing too, is don't, don't think you got to change what you're doing. You know, yeah. that, we could have like a show. I think we could have like a full conversation about translating what the judges say into what the right. judges mean too. Cause sometimes yeah. that's two different things. Like you need to be fuller oftentimes means you need more muscle. You, <laughs> you know bigger. what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean another muffin. Yeah. 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 <laughs> People think that too. And then yeah. they're like, oh, my coach didn't feed me enough. And it's yep. like, like, you know. No, you need to be bigger. You're not full. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, leaner, leaner glutes, you know, or something like that. And it's like, maybe right. you just need more muscle because you already had, you know, lean, lean glutes. You just didn't have yeah, muscle yeah. to push through, you know. Yep, exactly. I, I never asked my whole career. I never asked the judges what I had to do because no? I knew when I got there what yeah. wasn't there. Yeah. Like, win or lose i already knew what had to keep coming up and i f- i feel like if you're honest with yourself and you're looking at your photos and your videos you should know too um and you should also be able to look when you're looking at the com- competition and see if it was close where you where you went well where you went wrong um obviously we know in uh in the uh, instagram world it appears that people really struggle with that i love when people put up a post who do you think won? And they put their pictures next to the other guy. And I'm always like, well, first off, you picked your best pictures for sure. Yeah. The guy You're wasn't even in his moving. pose. Like, it, uh, the first thing I comment when I see those, I'm like, post a video. I could yeah. probably tell you. Yeah. Because I, I've experienced that. I think I talked about that on the show before. Um, at the 2013 uh, North Americans, I thought I should have done better. I, I mean, I came off stage and I was like, man, I didn't think I should win, but I thought I should have done better. Uh, and then I saw a video and I go, oh, my breathing was shit. Mm. I was literally breathing through my stomach and I'm like, it's amazing I was in the top five because it was distracting. Because what happened was we got caught in traffic on the way to the show for prejudging. And I literally walked in, dropped my clothes, threw my arms out. They oiled me standing right where I was. I left all my shit and walked to, up to the stage. Hmm. So my heart rate was up. Everything was a mess and it showed. And I was so glad the moment I saw that, I go, oh, never mind. I landed exactly where I should have. Yeah. You know, but if I would have just looked at stills, I'd have been like, oh, I don't know about that. Because the picture (laughs) that, you know, that my friend took right when I was perfectly in my pose looked good. You know, that always makes me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. The only time I think, I think I only asked a judge like not the judges, but like a judge a couple times is when I literally like would run into them at the restaurant yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> like you're out eating and you just happen to run into some judges and they're like, Hey, you look good tonight. And you're like, yeah, what'd you think? Like I've had that yeah. conversation. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but if you're, if you're fifth or fourth or something like that, don't bother the judges. There's clearly right. it's, it should be obvious why you're fifth or fourth. Right. Like if it's a one point loss to a winner, yeah, you can go ask the judges. Hey, where did I lose on there? Like, what got me? Yeah, but I, you know, what? I don't agree. Fifth, 
I don't agree. You don't agree? No, I don't. I could. Here's my. You got to get better everywhere. If you yeah, says. you do, you do, and you sh- and I agree too. You should know, even though I'm saying ask the judges. You should know already. I agree right. with that too, Dusty. But I feel like you know what? You you paid for the show. You you put yourself out there. At least yeah. hear what they have to say. Although it, it take it with a grain of salt, knowing that you're going right. to do what you need to do anyway. But I would say ask. It can't hurt to ask, and, and you know, get your money's worth out of the show you the, paid the, for. The grain of salt <laughs> is the key, though. Get your money's worth. You're yeah. paying those judges. I, I, I like paid your salary. Your salary, buddy. <laughs> How many times have you seen where the, the judges will email you back and then my client will forward me what the judges say? Oh. And I'm like, that's a freaking copy paste. Yeah. Like it's it's so like, you know what I mean? Could be a little fuller, could be a little sharper. So could have Ronnie in 2003. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's possible, but I mean, it would have been better if he was a little fuller and a little sharper. Like, yeah. The, my yeah. client Omar just got that feedback. He said, they said, uh, you know, although your conditioning was fantastic, they gave him some really good stuff. And there was like, okay, right. yeah, this we already know, this we already know. And then he's like, although you, you know, your your conditioning was fantastic, you did a great job, and blah blah blah. You could even be a little bit leaner. And I'm like, motherfucker, that is so not true. He was literally one of the leanest guys in the show. That was the one thing he had going for him. Did you even look at his pictures? <laughs> right. Well, I think it's just right. the safe answer, though, right? Because yeah. the, the thought is everyone could be leaner. Um, right, exactly. And that's where I feel like when you, you want someone that you have in your corner, because there are points where you – I know I've seen this with guys where you start pushing for leanness and you realize they're getting worse. Oh, the yeah, overall yeah. look. Good point. Like you you got to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, we're getting sharper, but we're losing. Our trade-off here is shit. You know yeah. what I mean? So there, there is something to be said for that. It's like – know your line where you just look your best. I, I always felt like at the end of the day, when I look at bodybuilders, I'm like, who do I want to keep looking at? That's the winner. Yeah. yeah. When I, when I yeah. look across the stage of five guys, who do my eyes keep going back to? That's the guy. Yeah. The end. I remember yeah. I had a, two years ago, I had a kind of a, a conflict with a situation. Cause one of my clients had gone to opposing seminar and it was like two months out from her show. And she was already getting into decent shape. But this girl, would she's in bikini. She transferred there from figure. And so she downsized a little bit. Really great physique. Like she had done really well. And uh, in order to be her best, she needed to be really, really lean. And as she got leaner, then her stomach would get super snatched in. Everything looked mm-hmm. her best when she was peeled. But the people at the seminar at eight weeks out were like, oh, no, girl, you're about ready right now. You don't want to get much leaner than this because she looked pretty good as she was. So then she told she tells me, you know, I just talked to these high level people and they tell me not to get any leaner. It's like then we have to have a 30 minute conversation about it, which we did. And she did get leaner and she did freaking awesome that year. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that that I've had stuff like that, too, where Someone says something to your client and it gets in their head and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. I got to deprogram them of this ridiculous comment that was made by this person who doesn't really know anything about their situation or how they've looked previously. Yeah. You know? That's a huge point that you made. uh, Go ahead. That reminds me of like Liar Liar. He's like, that's just something fat people say. (laughs) (laughs) That point too, man, that you couldn't be more right, Dusty, about 
how are they going to look, you know, because I like one guy that I work with that his glutes just never want to come in. And we had a year where we're like, we're going to make it happen no matter what. And guess what? We should have left him just a little bit softer because everything else suffered in in the results. Yeah. Right. But you don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, if you're a coach and you haven't done that and you've been with a client for a while, then you're not pushing the envelope because, I mean, Chris did that with me. And it was funny because after the show, he was, I dropped down, you know, five placings at that show. Yeah. And I remember he walked out on the patio and he goes, hey, you good? And I go, we were fucking shredded. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, all right. And that was our whole conversation about the show. Like, I didn't care. I just wanted to be sliced. We did what we said. And of course, in hindsight, you're like, oh, you know, but I told him to zero in on being shredded. Yeah, so that's the only, that was the only thing we were looking at. No one's I, fault, and it was awesome. And it's still my favorite prep of my entire life. That's so cool. This is something that some people lose sight of, and I've I've had this happen with with clients over the years. I mean, it happened with every coach. You'll help somebody, maybe maybe you help them, and they're like ten pounds bigger than last year, mm-hmm. and their conditions just as awesome or maybe a little better. And they come into a show and they run into a handful of guys that are just crazy good and they're just better yep. than them. And now they place worse. And now they're like, well, I mean, I worked with Ron, but my placing dropped. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, the judges said I needed to be fuller. So, I mean, he obviously like flattened me out and, yeah, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! What pictures are you looking at? Yeah, you're ten pounds heavier than last show, you know, for example, yeah. or five pounds or whatever. This happened with everyone. Dusty's been through this. Everyone's been through this, yeah. and you're like, you have to remember as a competitor that you have a bunch of really good looks, hmm. not just one. There's not just one magical lottery look that you're going mm-hmm. for. Like, if we don't hit a four-run grand slam. And I maximize my potential to which we actually don't know what it really actually is because I've only done a handful of shows. And, and you know, we come into a show and the judges have zero critique of me. That's, that's what we're looking for. Hmm. It's like, no, no, I hate to tell you that. That's not how this works. You're going to have one of several different really good looks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you got to be able as a bodybuilder so that you don't lose your mind you got to be able to go, okay, this was a really good look. Look at my glutes. Look at my quads. I'm full. My waist is tight. Where can I be better? Yeah. My chest could have been a bit fuller. I mean, we pulled pretty hard on the body fat to get the glutes in. You know, maybe maybe next show we could do this or that. Like, you have to be able to think, like, you can't just get mad because you placed seventh and last year you were third. You know? You also can't be blind to the placings in any direction because yeah, I know could have been better. Um, in 2000 and two um the first time like i really met jay and we talked uh he came out to my stores and he had his eight by tens at the time you're still selling those and he had he had some pictures from the the uh i'm sorry it was 2003 so it was from the uh 01 olympia that's when he got second right the first time and uh i looked and i was just looking at the picture i kind of shook my head he goes that picture haunts me Hmm. and i said what do you mean and he goes well i haven't hit it since he goes, I've won a lot of shows, but I haven't beaten that guy. 
And it made me think in that instance, especially now with the way people trade coaches all the time. I'm like, well, should he fire Chris? Because Chris right. can't hit that peak again. Like he was still winning Arnold's and still and winning shows, champions, but and he cashing big checks. Yeah, but but he, I mean, that look was elusive essentially until 08, 09. Nine. Yeah, nine. So think about that. That meant eight years between where he was like, oh, I finally slayed the dragon. You know, so like you were saying, Ron, I mean, a lot of great looks in between. And it doesn't mean something was missed. Yeah. I mean, sometimes like the, the universe just lines up and everything's perfect. Like I remember I remember in 09 when he walked out, I laughed because uh, I was with a, a good friend of mine in those bodies. And I go, he's even having a good hair day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like everything yeah. is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and you're right, Dusty. That's where a lot of the coach jumping comes from. I mean, I wasn't even thinking in that direction, but I was sort of thinking coach blaming. But yeah. then the coach blaming leads to coach jumping. Yeah. And now you're just back to a new coach trying to achieve one of several good looks that you could have at your next show. Yep. You know? And you could start out with the intentions of of doing something, but you you know, the prep happens. You hurt your you hurt your knee eight weeks out. Now you've got to switch up your cardio. So now you got to change this, change that. And at the end of the day, you're just trying to pull it into a really great look. Yeah. Yep. And that great look might be five pounds lighter than you hoped, or it might be might be bigger than you thought. But yeah. you, you know, are the glutes in? Are you in shape? Is everything there? And you just gotta go with it and you just gotta let the pieces fall where they may. And you just have to understand that like everyone else is in that same boat. All the pros are chasing one of their looks. Yep. They're all chasing one of their looks. Everyone's doing that. So don't think that it's just magically going to be like maxed every time. Like this is a crazy thing you're doing with your body. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Okay. Well, Scott, are we satisfied with that? I think it's great, man. I think that especially everybody that competes is really going to like this one. There's a lot to connect to yes. in it. Or they'll be upset Agreed. with us. Everybody well, else okay. will be. They'll be like, I don't care about competing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. What What's our next review video going to be? Our next watch party? I don't know. Uh, there are so many options. I'll have to talk to you guys about that. Figure something okay. out. I okay. had I had one from, I think it might have been like 88. And there's some, a lot of classic old school dudes in it. But I'll talk to you guys. See what we come up with. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Sound good. Okay. Well, once again, thanks for watching. Um, remember, like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. Ring the bell. Are we excited about the Olympia? Yes. Yes. We're excited. Okay. I sent you a guy. I think I sent you guys a video of Derek Lunsford. Oh, his Ridiculous. back is looking just insane. So maybe we can bring that up on the next watch party. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Okay. I could just be remember, the watch party. Remember, I am mutant.com. Use your code Dusty20 or Big Ron20 for 20% off. Get your ISO surge, get your all in, and everyone get on the gear. Okay. Thanks, guys. YouTube questions. Remember the Patreon, Think Big Bodybuilding for Scott. Keep a producer homed. Keep the Patreon going. And we appreciate all your questions. Until next time, remember it's just bodybuilding. Beautiful. I didn't sound too grumpy on that, did I? No, 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 no. It was good. It's like, no, no, I'll edit it out. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll just cut up that first 30 minutes. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. (laughs) The show was only 36 minutes. Well, sorry. I talked a lot. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I owe you guys an apology. No, no, no. (laughs) 